Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 1853 podcast of Monmouth College. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing, and this is the 1853 podcast, a weekly program in which we tell you about the people, events, programs, and history that make Monmouth an outstanding National Liberal Arts College. And we try to get it done in about 18 minutes and 53 seconds. In this edition number 29 of the 1853 podcast of Monmouth College's 2017-18 school year, it's a special Scott's Day 2018 edition. We'll tell you about the money that was raised and the records that were set to help Monmouth students. We'll also meet the four art seniors who have pieces in this year's senior art show. And women's water polo coach Peter Allis will review his team's record-setting season. This is the Monmouth College 1853 podcast, and I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. It's hard to believe, but this week of April 17 was the final full week of classes at Monmouth College for the 2017-18 school year. Next week, we have Scholars Day, then Reading Day will be on Thursday, May 3rd. Then it's in the spring final examinations before we wrap things up with commencement number 161 on Sunday, May 13. But before we look ahead to a few events coming up at Monmouth, I want to give a special shout out to everyone who worked to pull off this year's Scott's Day of Giving. As you might have read on monmouthcollege.edu or seen somewhere in the social media spectrum, the second annual event was a tremendous success. One year after the inaugural Scott's Day of Giving raised nearly $170,000, the 18-hour, 53-minute day of fundraising surged past that mark this year, and it also crushed its 2018 goal of $185,300. By the end of the day on Wednesday, 667 alumni and friends had joined to give $217,082 to Monmouth College. Be sure to visit the Monmouth College website, monmouthcollege.edu, to read all about the day and learn about the total amount of money that was raised for scholarships, financial aid, and three very special academic initiatives at the college. A very big congrats goes out to the Director of Development and Alumni Engagement at Monmouth College, Hannah Maher, also Associate Director of the Monmouth Fund, Abby Pendarvis, and the rest of the folks in the Development and Alumni Office, and of course, all the faculty, staff, and students who contributed to the day's success. And of course, a very big thank you to the alumni and friends who so generously gave to support scholarships and financial aid for our Monmouth students, as well as to the very three special academic initiatives and other special programs at the college. You can once again read more about the second annual Scott's Day of Giving on the Monmouth College website, and that's monmouthcollege.edu. Speaking of the college's academic programs, Scholars Day is next Tuesday, April 24. That's always a wonderful day on campus because it celebrates what Monmouth is all about, the students and faculty, and the many successes that are forged through their academic partnerships. For more information about the day, check out the Monmouth College website, monmouthcollege.edu. And a reminder that the final Monmouth Theater production of the 2017-18 school year and Baby Make Seven will be performed this week on campus at the Wells Theater. The play opened on Thursday night, April 19. It will be performed through Sunday, April 22. 
It's a wonderful production directed by theater professor Vanessa Campagna, and it has an incredible set designed by theater professor Doug Rankin. To read more about the production and the fine production times or to purchase tickets, check out the story on the cover of the Monmouth College website, monmouthcollege.edu. Before Monmouth College students featured in this year's senior exhibit, say they often use art as a way to tell their personal stories. But the artistic methods they use to tell those stories are as different as the stories themselves. The title of this year's senior art exhibit is called Identitad, Stories of the Disconnect. The exhibit features works by Javier Abrego, Angelica de Luna, Lily Guillen, and Michaela Venzuela. It will be on display through May 4 in the college's Len G. Everett Gallery, which is located on the upper level of Hughes Library. A reception for the four very talented artists will be held from 4 to 6 p.m. in the afternoon on this Saturday, April 21. The exhibit and the reception are free and open to the public. Javier Abrego is a senior art and religious studies major from Chicago. He has about a dozen pieces in the exhibit, and Javier's main form of expression is drawing. He says that came after he got what he calls a divorce from ceramics. Yeah, so I draw uh, primarily. There was a weird phase where I tried uh, ceramics for a bit. Um, I think ceramics and I are divorced. I think that's safe to say. And um, yeah, they're really large uh, pastel and chalk drawings. And um, some of them came from a uh, independent study course about um, sort of like a theoretical collaboration with this uh, artist from the 70s, Robert Arneson, who pressed his face uh, against a uh, piece of glass and sort of painted what he saw. Uh, and so I sort of just borrowed that idea uh, and made it my own. And then, um, so there's that. And, and, and then I also um, really like to uh, draw from observation. So I have about eight or so um, candy bar drawings. So I just had some candy laying around, some trash, and I just drew it. Michaela Valenzuela is also an art senior from Chicago. She has about eight pieces in the show, but some of the pieces have as many as 40 parts to them. The one that has as many as 40 parts includes what Michaela calls her clay babies. There is one ceramic set, which is over 40 plus little ceramic creatures that I like to make. Um, I call them my clay babies, <laughs> and they represent each and part of like... Um, myself like the different emotions I have and with my paintings I mostly paint myself and also the creatures uh, the creatures first came out in drawings and in, in paintings and then they slowly came out in ceramic work um, the paintings that I have up now I have two self-portraits and one is very big I had that my junior year it was like my big finale for junior year um, but as I've grown, I've become more experimental with my painting, like my symbolism, um, with my creatures as well as myself, as you'll see in my second piece of my self-portrait. Lily Guillen was born in Moriello, Mexico, but she grew up in Illinois. In addition to being an art major, she's a journalism minor. Lily has nine pieces in the show. Oh, um, one piece is made out of four different panels, but it comes together as one. Um, and I have four other uh, collages, mixed media pieces, as well as four photographs. Um, most of the, the pieces are uh, 
black and white. Um, they have, it's a very um, achromatic. Um, two of the pieces, one of them has uh, red stripes is kind of like an accent color, which is the one that comes together. Um, four equals one. And um, I do have one very colorful piece and I uh, chose it for the show so it could stand out because um, consider it kind of like the centerpiece of, of my work that I have in the show because everything else, everything, every piece that comes after that piece was stemmed from the, that event that that piece is about, which um, is called uh, Después de la Deportación de Mamá, which is in Spanish. I title my, my, my works in Spanish because to pay homage to my Mexican roots. Um, and that one is about um, my mother's deportation that happened uh, last August. Um, and it was a very traumatic event. And so after that, a bunch of things happened and, and spiraled. And so I wanted to include that piece because I actually wasn't going to show it, but I thought it was a piece that you can tell there's a lot of anger, a lot of um, feelings in that piece that needed to be seen. And um, it's kind of like a protest. Angelica de Luna is an art senior from Galesburg who explores identity through seven digital paintings. Pieces that I chose for the show uh, specifically um, they're pretty recent ones. I've been exploring the idea of identity a lot in my work most recently since it's something that I never really focused on very much before and I felt like it was high time to do that. Um, so they're just all about identity and like exploring it through like storytelling and weird imagery uh, since I do a lot of like scenery pieces. Um, all of my pieces that are in the show and a lot of the stuff that I just do in general anyway is uh, basically digital paintings. I use uh, painting programs on my computer. I use like a variation of different things and just kind of combine it all together. Um, and I use like a drawing tablet and I uh, just print them all out and then mat them up so I can hang them up. Those are the four art majors who had pieces in this year's senior art show, Identitad, Stories of the Disconnect. The exhibit is on display through May 4 in the college's Lynn G. Everett Gallery, which is in the Hughes Library. We'll hear more from the four artists later in the podcast, and you can read more about their senior show on the Monmouth College website, monmouthcollege.edu. The Monmouth women's water polo team concluded its best season in the program's young five-year history last weekend with a win in their final game of 2018. And that win, a 15-3 victory over Utica College, came at the season-ending Division III varsity tournament held in Erie, Pennsylvania. Monmouth finished second in the conference during the regular season and notched seven wins overall during the season. Although the Scots stumbled in the postseason, Monmouth water polo coach Peter Allis says he was pleased with how his team performed in 2018. In fact, finishing second in the regular season was better than what he had envisioned when he met with Monmouth College Athletic Director Roger Haynes about joining the Scots family. It was a great season. We had a little bit of a tough finish, but overall great growth throughout the season. Really, really thrilled with the progress the women made. When I interviewed, I actually told Coach Haynes my goal was to move up two conference spots each year. And uh, so originally when I started, we were eighth place and we moved to sixth place my first year. Last year we finished fifth, uh, losing uh, in the first round. And then this year we finished uh, second. So that was part of the process that we had envisioned, you know, 
our kind of expression is kind of tangible progress has been something that we've always used. And so we knew we wouldn't go eight to first, but we wanted to think about laying the groundwork. So we knew we had that process. We had a lot of returners back. Uh, and we were graduating a great senior class. There was a huge process of that that bought in right away. So we knew we had a chance to make growth. I'll, I'll be honest, yeah, second place was definitely a little bit. It was, it was a good goal that I wasn't positive we'd hit, but that was our where we were striding for. Peter said his assistant coach, Tom Burek, was a big reason Monmouth did so well in 2018. We pushed them very, very hard. Um, we're a little bit of a smaller team. A huge, huge part of it is Coach Burek. Um I'm very, very lucky to have an assistant coach like Coach Burek that is the head swim coach as well. One of the things we pushed was our conditioning. We knew we were going to be a little bit smaller. We knew that right off the jump. So we conditioned very hard. I know we were the hardest swimming, most conditioned water polo team in our conference by a mile. And a lot of that was Coach Burek. So one, I attribute Coach Burek and our conditioning. And two, just total buy-in. We played very tough defensively. And uh, the way you get good at defense is practicing tough, tough defense every single day, which is not the most fun thing to do. And our women totally bought in and did a great job working through that. So uh, really just the leadership of practicing that was huge for them. That got us where we are. And as Peter said, his team's four seniors, Natalie Curtis, Brenna Bowers, Melissa Barrios, and Rachel Unger, also helped propel Monmouth to a second-place regular season finish in the conference. I have to imagine this is the only senior class in the history of college water polo. All four of them were recruited as goalies. So all four of them were goalies, came in. Um, they're all Chicago suburbs uh, women, and they all were goalies. Natalie's kind of separated herself the year before I got here, I guess, and so they all stepped into the field. But Rachel, Brenna, and Melissa did a fantastic job of, you know, assimilating to the field and played phenomenal. But a huge part of that has been the change. You know, I run things differently than their high school coach or their previous coach, and I never had really an ounce of pushback from them. There's definitely times where they're, you know, I was working them hard. But having your leaders buy in as much as they have really helped push us so that the senior class, if they are without a doubt the most important class that we've had to date by a mile, they've – I've pushed them so far outside their comfort zone, and they've expanded and played phenomenally. And then you add in the mix of academic achievements uh, and personal achievements they've had to just legitimize us as a program. They are, they've had just such a profound impact. And while Peter continues to execute his plan to capture a championship, one area where members of the women's water polo team already excel is in the classroom. Back is huge, so academics are a huge focus for us. Our women's team, I have to double-check what our final GPA will be, but we've been academic all-conference. The two years I've been here, I have to, from midterms and early warning grades, we're looking very strong to be that again. Um, and so that's one of the things we're most excited about. For me, from a personal standpoint, it makes my job infinitely easier if I don't have to worry about holding kids out, sending them to tutoring, anything like that. Um, so, yeah, high academic profile students are always going to be what I imagine everybody at Monmouth College is going for. But specifically for our team, it makes my job much easier to have that high caliber student. That's Monmouth water polo coach Peter Allis. You can follow water polo on Twitter at Scott's H2O Polo. And you can follow all of Monmouth College Athletics on Twitter at MC Fighting Scots. Don't forget to point your browser to MonmouthScots.com. That's your home on the World Wide Web for all things Fighting Scots related. This is also a good place in the podcast to remind you of the plethora of ways in which you can follow Monmouth College throughout the social media spectrum. The college's main Facebook page is facebook.com slash Monmouth College. The college's main Twitter account is at Monmouth, and the college is on Instagram at Monmouth College. 
If you're on Snapchat, be sure to follow Mammoth on Snapchat at This Is Mammoth. And when you want to chill with some swell tunes, dial up Mammoth College on Spotify. Let's return to our conversation with the four art seniors who have works in this year's senior art exhibit, Identitat, Stories of the Disconnect. Lily Gian explains the title of the show has to do with the four artists' heritage, which flows through Mexico. We all kind of were trying to find things that we could relate to within um, each other. And so we thought it was really interesting that um, each of us has some sort of Mexican descent, um, I'm the only one that was born to Mexico, but um, we all have kind of that background. Um, and so um, I, th- I thought that was interesting. And so identidad is obviously identity in Spanish. And so we, we thought to include like Spanish title with like English um, subtitle because it's the two languages we know. And it's kind of, you know, it, it, it all comes to our identity. Um, and for my own interpretation of that is kind of like not only a disconnect within my identity because I, I do struggle like, you know, when people are like, oh, where are you from? And I'm like, I have to explain my whole life story because, you know, I don't really know how to answer that question. Um, so it's not only an identity like where you come from, being born in one place and growing up in another, but for me it's also like a disconnect within relationships, um, both romantic and family. Michaela Valenzuela says she especially relates to the final word in the show's title. The I connect more with the disconnect, <laughs> which is kind of funny, um, because I just find it so hard to express myself to other people, like in what it, in terms of a normal way, quote unquote. Um, it's just feelings for me. I have so many of them, and I can never articulate them in like a proper way. And I kind of just come every words for me are very hard if you can't tell. (laughs) Um, And so trying to form into words, I just can never do it. But I can draw and I could use color to express myself to try to connect with others. But I just feel like I don't. So there's that disconnect. Angelica de Luna's father is from Mexico. Her mother is from America. She grew up, of course, in Galesburg. She says that her identity is very important to her, and she wants others to know that when they view her art. It's just like, it's something that's really important to me, my identity. Uh, And like I said, I haven't really experienced, or I haven't really, like, used it in my art quite so much yet. Um, But, like, especially kind of with how things are right now, with views towards immigration and just like the current political sphere um it kind of just like it kind of just occurred to me that like you know like I should talk about this because it's something that I'm proud of like even though there's a lot of people who try to tear me down over that kind of thing like I should show that you know that kind of stuff like to me it doesn't matter I'm still going to be happy about who I am so yeah a lot of the pieces that I've been making recently have been about that sort of like feeling of like belonging to two different worlds kind of feeling like you don't really fit in necessarily in either category but also being proud of that fact. Javier Abrego says that the term disconnect also connects to him and his work. Art has always been an instrument to sort of um, figure out um, human nature right think about uh, human essence and who we are as people 
and um, and I think that's what we did because a lot of us make art about totally different things um, but at the root of all of that is sort of us trying to understand um, who we are and sort of what comes next that's Javier Abrego Angelica De Luna, Lily Guillen, and Michaela Valenzuela. They are the four art majors who have works in the senior art show Identitad Stories of the Disconnect. It will be on display through May 4 in the college's Lynn G. Everett Gallery, which is located on the upper level of the Hughes Library. A reception for the four very, very talented artists will be from, held from 4 until 6 in the afternoon this Saturday, April 21. Both the exhibit and the reception are free and open to the public, and you can read more about what's a wonderful senior art show on the Monmouth College website, monmouthcollege.edu. Looking ahead to next week's 1853 podcast, we'll talk to some of the folks involved with this week's Take Back the Night rally that was held here at Monmouth College. We'll also chat with Mary Corrigan. She's the president of the Monmouth National Alumni Association. And we'll check in with the friendly folks over at the Huff Athletic Center to see what's happening in Monmouth College Athletics. That's going to be a 30 for this 29th edition of Monmouth College's 1853 podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this program. Tell us what you think by firing off an email to us at news at monmouthcollege.edu. Be sure to put podcast in the subject line. Until our next edition, this is Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Thanks so much for listening. So long, everybody, and have a nice day. Mm-hmm.